Welcome to the Clay Young Show. Politics, politics, politics. It's what's going on right now. Nationally speaking, it's heating up in the presidential election. Here inside of the great state of Louisiana, they're talking about the money, the budget. And we've got a discussion about that and other things with current state representative Ted James. He represents House District 101. He's been here before. We had a great conversation, great insight. You will see why so many people see him as a smart guy and really a rising player in Louisiana politics. We actually make some news about another race in the body of the interview, actually toward the end. But it's a great conversation about the state's budget. Uh, We talk about some of the racial issues that have permeated politics in Louisiana. We talk about how to get to the next level of progress in the state. Just a good, good discussion that I think you will like. So that's coming up in just a moment. Quickly here, thank you for hitting the subscribe button. For those of you who have, if you are an Apple user at iTunes, to get new shows into your podcast app, if you haven't done that yet, why don't you? It's free doesn't cost you any money so hit that subscribe button plus it helps us with the numbers letting us know how many people are getting it from itunes we see who hits it there uh, you can also get the show with the talk 1073 mobile app for those of you who are shopping the shows on talk from the morning guys to clarence bugs to dave ramsey to jim inkster locally in baton rouge on 107.3 fm and of course Obviously, you can get the show at podcast225.com there. It's free for you as well. So it's can't miss. Now, as I referenced earlier, we're going to be speaking with Representative Ted James about the budget. We're also working on a conversation with State Treasurer John Kennedy. Hopefully, that could happen as soon as next week. But with the session going on, it's very crazy to try to get him in here as it, as it was with everything going on. With Representative James, you know, just took, didn't take effort to get him into here because he's always open and willing to talk with people about what's going on. But obviously, as you can imagine, his schedule is pretty packed right now. Listen, last year we did this. It's coming up again. Smoke him if you got him. Smoke him if you got him. May 15th at Ben 77 here in Baton Rouge. It is a mixer that generates money for organizations that help military veterans. May 15th is the date. Next week, I will have more information for you on that. But mark your calendars right now, Sunday, May 15th, Ben 77, and Perkins Row in Baton Rouge. Last year was great. This will be the third year, and we're expecting even better. So the details on that are on the way. Uh, We'll talk a little bit about the presidential election at the end of the show. We'll take a quick break and come back and continue with State Representative Ted James here on The Clay Young Show. Have you ever wanted to host your own podcast? Coming soon, Clay Young Enterprises and Podcast 225 will be giving you your big chance. You'll be able to use professional broadcast equipment to create a podcast that you can be proud of. You'll have an engineer and a professional show open and close. The Clay Young Show is already considered one of the best podcasts in the state. Get the same audio quality and professional packaging for your very own podcast. Stay tuned for more details. Your chance to have your own show is coming soon. 
Clay Young here with John Conroy, the founder and owner of Pest Stop Do-It-Yourself Pest Control. Now is the time to start thinking about prepping your lawn and getting ready when this cold weather finally gets out of here, John. Let's talk about termites. Oh, yeah. With the warmer weather moving in, if you're seeing little winged critters flying around your house, that's usually an indication that you've got a subterranean infestation somewhere. So the thing you want to do is to, one, look around the bottom of the slab to see if you find the tunnels. If you find the tunnels, then you need to come see us because we carry the exact same products that the professionals use, and applying those products in a trench will generally give you protection for up to 12 to 14 years. Now's the time to start thinking about it. If you're in the New Orleans area, how can they find you? Well, our Metairie store is located at 3512 Severn Avenue next to the Pepper Mill in Covington. We're located at 1417 North Causeway. That's in the same shopping center as Sherwin-Williams. On uh, the West Bank, we're on the Palco just before the Harvey Bridge and in Baton Rouge, we're at 806 O'Neill Lane. Treat your home and lawn with the products available at Pest Stop. This is the Clay Young Show on Podcast225.com. Back with State Representative Ted James representing House District 101. And uh, Ted, you know, before we get into the the long discussion about the budget and all of the stuff that you guys are doing in the Capitol, I want to take a second to talk about the passing of State Representative Ronnie Edwards. She was someone that both of us knew. Oh, yes. Um, She was recently elected to House District 29, Mm -hmm. was looking forward to doing that. And she had been in this battle with cancer for a little while now, pancreatic cancer. And she succumbed uh, to that sickness. And I first want to ask your thoughts about Ronnie and and her life and service to this community. Ronnie was a a true public servant. Absolutely. Um, You know, from the moment, even before she was elected to the Metro Council, she had um, a history of providing you know, public service to mm-hmm. to her community. I mean, it, it was no question when she submitted her name that, that she was going to not only win, but do well. Right. Um, and I believe that um, she had a, a very good run on the Metro Council. Um, we share a lot of the same territory mm-hmm. with, with my house district mm-hmm. and the people in the community. She was very responsive. You yeah. Know, we, we hear a lot about um, elected officials not being responsive. She was one that was always in the community, always right. responding um, to concerns and bringing um, issues to the table. And I believe that she was one on the Metro Council who was a consensus builder. I believe so. She was she was such an even personality. Uh, I never saw her get really angry. That's right. I've seen her passionate, but I've never seen her mad. That's right. And, you know, the time, the work she did with UREC and, you know, she and uh, Sharon Broom, the former Senator Sharon Broom, they're very tight. I think they were kind of best friends. That's right. That's right. And And, and Senator Barrow. And Senator Barrow. I mean, the three of them together. And and that is Senator Barrow's old house seat. That's right. And, you know, the one thing that I was disappointed in last year during the election was some of the criticism that Ronnie got from people because there's because she's sick. That's right. And she ran for that office. And, you know, people made comments about her being in someone, you know, blocking someone else. And what I've said to that is she intended to live. That's right. She wasn't making plans right. to die and go anywhere. That's right. If you knew her, she was planning to live and be around and serving. So in her mind, I don't think she saw this as 
some Lifetime Achievement Award, she expected to be right here with you right now in this fight addressing the major issues for Louisiana. And I, and I thought it was a little unfair to criticize her you know, because she didn't choose to be sick either. You know, and, and most definitely, um, she defied the odds with, I mean, she, she fought pancreatic cancer for two years. That's right. You know, and, you know, I'll tell you that with a lot of what's happening now, we can use that, that calm spirit. That's right. right now we could use great um, woman her of faith. coming to the table yeah. and building consensus yeah. in, in this time that we find ourselves in right now. Um, we are the ones that that are, are losing out because we don't have the benefit of, of allowing her um, to of, of having her with us at the Capitol. I right would now. agree. You know, and what what was very telling during the campaign cycle, um, she won and she won in high numbers. Yeah, convincing and, and fashion. Had, and it had nothing to do with. Um, her illness. It had no. everything to do with the legacy of her reputation in the community. Um, yeah. And and you you just cannot overcome years worth of hard work. And and that you know and I just you know we the last time I saw her you know when we were sworn in she was she was there she yeah. was alert yeah um, and she was ready to do the yeah. business of the yeah. people of, of District Twenty Nine. What do you think about the the coarseness of politics right now? Okay, I mean you're you're an attorney by trade. Where in a courtroom, you're battling. It's a battle of wits. It's you know my side versus your side, and everything is on the line. That's right. In politics, it's become that way, but it it wasn't necessarily created to be that way. You know, and and it's, it's becoming so personal now. Yeah. The, the attacks and and it's not about the issues. Yeah. Right. You. The electorate now sees all of this, the negative tenor of not just campaigning. Yeah. You know, now governing has gotten, if you look at, you know, what's on the Metro Council with, uh, you know, accusations of someone being the great white hope because they, they're bringing <laughs> ideas and, you know, just. What we, about we don't, that we stuff, do man? We do not have to govern that way because no. you know we're no different than the the average um citizen because we decided to go into elected office but we also have a, a responsibility to conduct ourselves in a manner absolutely which is something that the community can be proud of well some some kid studying poli sci at southern or lsu or southeastern or, or wherever you hope that they're not thinking as they move toward working in some area of politics or political commentary that they feel like that's the way you have to do it. But based upon what you see on social media, what you see on national television and on cable networks, that's become the nature of the discussions. Mm -hmm. It's name calling, it's fighting, it's personal. And, you know, it's it's a shame because sometimes the real issues are obscured Mm -hmm. by the contest to see who can slam who better. That's right. And. You know, there are major issues and, you know, I want to get to some of the, the issues specific to Baton Rouge and in and, and a bit. But first, let's start with the issue facing the state with the budget deficit. Mm-hmm. We came into this year fresh off the election cycle, knowing we had a problem. Mm-hmm. The last four years, we pretty much kicked the can down the road uh, the last eight years for most of for, for most of that time. That's right. And, you know, we just call it what it is. We didn't address a glaring fiscal issue that was coming. 
after Katrina, there was an infusion of millions upon millions of federal dollars. And instead of making those dollars a temporary part time focus on what needed to be done, those dollars were kind of interwoven into the yearly uh, expenses of running Louisiana. Those dollars went away. And now a state that didn't have the capacity to stay at the budget level we were at anyway is now left to try to figure how do you maintain programs that for the last 10 years people have now gotten used to Mm -hmm. at a time where oil and gas is suffering. So you're not generating as much income. Mm -hmm. It's a serious thing. I've said it for the longest. It's a big issue. So for you coming into this year and addressing it, what were your thoughts? Because now you're a veteran at this. You, you, you're in your second term in the House. What was your focus on fixing this? What did you think needed to be priority one? Priority one, and, and this is going to be strange coming from you know, a Democrat if you look at what, the, what we're supposed to say. Yeah. Um, I knew that we had to look at certain areas that we should not be funding. Sure. Um, when you talk about, you know, Treasurer Kennedy has been all over talking about um, contracts. I voted for legislation in the past three sessions to cut contracts. Just the previous sure. governor vetoed them. Sure. Um, so, so we knew that there are areas that needed to be cut. Um, but when we look at our expenditures, we also have to look at our tax code. And some of the credits, rebates, and exclusions, when you look at our books, they are classified as expenditures. So sure. we have to look at those and we have to look at how can we cut some of those expenditures without hurting economic growth right without making louisiana a state that's not competitive um so we had to look at those things and i have not mentioned taxing yet sure we're, we're looking at cutting some of those expenditures statutory dedications the governor before it was, you know, talked about this year, proposed cutting statutory dedications. Uh, but what the public needs to understand about our statutory dedications of the $388 billion we have, a lot of it is constitutional. So right. we would have to go to the voters, right. and that won't get us out of the, the current problem that we find ourselves right. in. And right. of that $3.88 billion, only about $943 million are state general fund dollars. Mm-hmm. And a lot of those dollars go to higher education. Right. That we've cut to. Which much. has taken a beating. A huge hit. In the last f- three, four years, it has t- education in Louisiana has taken a beating. Shamefully so. Most definitely. And right on the heels of that is the crumbling healthcare apparatus exactly. that Louisiana has. Exactly. So let's let's talk about that when people here because you know that's the thing that we can do here is you can you can have a chance to take your time talk through the details without all of the noise and we exactly. can have a discussion about it that's right so when you're saying that some of the allotments of cash that are in the budget are permanent by constitutional statute in other words you can't touch it unless you, touch you go to the people to require a change that's right so then what is the wide area of maneuvering that you have in the budget. You've got higher ed, you've got health care, and then you've got some operating expenditures. Exactly. Is that fair? That's right. So in in that $388 billion, 3.88, not $388, yeah. $3.88 billion, yeah. $943 million state general fund dollars that go to state agencies. A lot of that higher education, health and hospitals, K through 12, 
we don't want to touch right. those because those are the priorities. Public mm-hmm. safety is in that. Mm-hmm. We have some that are about 53 million in the executive department, 19 million in economic development, and about 50 million in other agencies. We have gone and we those are on the chopping block right now. Okay. So we are looking at statutory dedications to the point where we're not continuing to hurt higher education and health care. Sure. Those dollars won't get us to nine hundred and forty million mm-hmm. in the current year before June thirtieth. Which you're gonna have to flip out of this special and then in the regular address the next budget crisis. Of one point nine. That's right. <laughs> so that's the thing about this. You're fixing the today problem but as soon you know, you, you knock off after today saying, well, we, we got that done. Tomorrow you got an even bigger one. That's right. That's right. And, you know, in what, what has been talked about a lot has been the, the one cent increase yeah. on sales tax. Yes. And I'll tell you that um, that's not a, a comfortable vote for any of us. Sure. Um, you know, because we're going right back to the people and we're asking them to help us to get out of a problem that we created. Right. And, um, and I say we, and when you look at Steli, mm-hmm. you know, people like to blame Governor Jindal. Mm-hmm. Governor Blanco started the ball rolling yeah. with, with rolling back on yeah. Steli. Um, Governor Jindal just continued it. Yeah. Um, the legislature, we passed um, a lot of credits and exemptions in the name of, of economic development to improve our rankings in the business climate. Mm-hmm. Everyone in the legislature would love to continue to do all of these programs. Can't afford it. However, we cannot. We simply cannot afford it. Um, And it it seems, I was in the community meeting last night, and the one cent sales tax was a huge issue, a huge um, concern. It would put us among the highest in the country. Definitely. Yeah. And and here in Baton Rouge and with our local, uh, we're, we're almost at 10 cents. That's right. Right. Um, and, and I'm sure that as a parish, we have some needs there. And it's just it's not a time to go to the people with any right. more proposal. Nobody wants to, to pay more taxes. Right. Um, but the, the truth of the matter is, last year we paid out two hundred and ten million more um, in credits and exemptions to corporations yeah. than we collected. Right. We can ill afford to do that. So so state. let's let's talk through how this reality came to be. Okay, and we've been for the last few years talking about closing the budget deficit. I mean, we've had one the last few sessions Mm -hmm. and we're in the regular now where you've got a little bit more latitude to address what's what's broken. But in the fiscal session, there's a limited um, amount of bills that y'all could file and a limited um, amount of time to because it's the fiscal is an abbreviated session anyway. The fiscal is which which should be the longest. Right. It should (laughs) be the the longest. right. Right. So. When getting to where we are now, because I'm sure people who are listening to this reasonably, not people who are just looking to scream and shout at each other from different sides of the political line. If someone asks you, how did we get here? Now, I gave that explanation about the post Katrina dollars, the federal money that went away. And then we went into some hard times economically where many people in the nation did. But why has it taken us so long to start down the road to fixing this? I'll t- I'll give you two answers. Okay. The 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 Ted partisan answer is we knew that some of these things that we've added to our tax code weren't going to be sustainable because of the 
we knew that the Katrina dollars weren't going to remain. It's kind of like that show on when you see folks that win the lottery and then they just they're broke. <laughs> right. Um, so we because the previous governor and some of my colleagues signed this this no tax pledge. Yeah. And in that changing are yeah. reducing some of our tax incentives yeah. was considered a tax increase. Yeah. So those were, were but not. Jindal did some of that, though. I mean, he had things that he pushed that they called fees or Most whatever. Definitely. Those were increases. Come on, Most man. Definitely. And Most I called definitely. him on that. It's like, just call it what it is. Exactly. It's like in Louisiana, gambling is illegal, but gaming, gaming is totally legal. You're, you're absolutely right. And, you know, and a lot of those fees, those were easy to do because those fees were passed on to the consumers. Sure. Those, pa- those fees were passed on yeah. to folks like you and I yeah. um, who wanted to go and not wanted to, but by law, we have to go renew our driver's Absolutely. License. We want to That go thing's and, going up all the time. There you go. Man. And we have to go and apply yeah. for a hunting license. Yeah. Or we have to yeah. go to the Department of, of Revenue for yeah. something yeah. or, yeah. you know, DPS for That's something. Right. That's right. Um, and even last year, we did, we saw this coming. Mm-hmm. It was an election year. Yeah. Those were considered tough votes for some of my colleagues, because we were too concerned with the next election and yeah. not the next generation. Yeah. Right. Um, so That's we good. did just enough to cover the numbers as they were given to us last year. We have a phenomenal set of economists that work with us and they try to tell us this bill has this will cost the state mm-hmm. X amount of dollars. This will bring in X amount of dollars. Things happen. Um, collections and businesses, there are some very smart CPAs and tax lawyers that are right now watching. And no matter what we do, they're going to find a loophole in that. And they're going to advise their clients how to get around what we've done. That happened last year. Mm -hmm. We have dollars that Louisiana Chemical Association filed a lawsuit. They're paying under protest, meaning the money is sitting in the Yeah, that's right. It's a time. We cannot yeah. use yeah. those dollars yeah. to address the shortfall. As long as this litigation is going on, those dollars cannot be used. If well, they what are about the inventory tax, though, oh Ted? Gosh. You know, I know, that's a big one. And I've talked to friends of mine because I've got clients who move major products and some, some big items. And, you know, people ask about it. Number one. I'm not in the legislature, okay? (laughs) I may have helped some people get there, but I'm not in there. So what about the inventory tax? That's a big one for for especially all of the industrial companies in our state. You know, I'll tell you, I have two instruments regarding the inventory tax that are sitting on the calendar right now. All right. Um, And the the first thing folks tell us is, oh, inventory tax is is a bad tax. Yeah. We are not the only state that has an inventory tax. States around us have an inventory tax. Yeah. We are, right now, these folks pay an inventory tax, or have a lorem tax, to mm-hmm. local governments. Mm-hmm. And we say, because we don't want to hurt our locals, we don't want to make our locals go through what we're going through now. You know, because it will be easy to say to the locals, hey, you go through this exercise that we're going through with the legislature. You right. cut, you look at all of your expenditures, and you cut what needs to be cut to try to fill that gap. If it's such a bad tax... But what we did as a state, we said, you know what, we're not going to put that burden on our locals. So we're going to reimburse the taxpayer for the abalorm taxes paid. Mm-hmm. In some instances, we are not only reimbursing that taxpayer for their tax liability, right. we're giving folks a check over any beyond their entire tax liability. Sure. So some some of the companies are getting 
what could be considered a subsidy. Mm-hmm. We are paying you to do business here. But what about the big companies that say, because we have big, we're larger companies, um, we spend so much here in terms of our payroll. We also generate income for the areas in which we're HQ'd or we have an office and we pay high amounts in state taxes. But you also have this inventory tax. They're saying we're getting it at both ends. Mm -hmm. Now, I will say on the other side of that, I've spoken to friends of mine who say they're major companies that make hundreds of millions of dollars that pay no taxes here. And they think that that's a problem. We've heard that testimony in the legislature. So then. So let's talk about those two realities. Mm -hmm. People say people who say I'm getting it at both ends. You're killing me you're squeezing me out why should i stay here if it's costing me this much just to do business here i'm not making anything and then speak to the other side of this where people find ways not to pay taxes where small businesses can't get away with not paying taxes so what about that we have another instrument that's sitting on the calendar right now we have these multinational corporations that do business here through flow through llc sure they pay corporate taxes, but they are not paying our corporate franchise tax here in Louisiana, right. while many of our homegrown corporations are paying or Absolutely. I mean, are paying their corporate franchise Absolutely. tax. Um, I would love to see, if you take advantage of a credit, you should provide information on your total tax liability and put it next to what you get, and not just the inventory tax credit, but all of these things, because some of these corporations, we have a credit for net operating loss. Right. So we're reimbursing corporations for their loss. Right. And and that shouldn't happen. That shouldn't happen, right? That That is, you know, when we hear the testimony, we have folks from the, the, the tax foundation. Oh, sure. And they, Louisiana should not be doing that. Right. The reality is those corporations have some very skilled oh, yeah. and, and powerful tax attorneys. What they're doing is legal. Lobbyists. What they're doing is legal, but it creates this bubble in the line that kind of chokes up money. And Most when you have people who say, I want lower taxes because of the high amount of revenue that I generate for uh, you know an area that I'm in, the money we're spending, mm-hmm. I, can, I can understand that side of it. But at the same time, when smaller businesses and larger small businesses say, we're getting killed in taxes and here this guy over here, you know, they're, they're flipping nearly a billion dollars a That's year right. in income and they're paying nothing here. You know, and even the small businesses, we, when we talk about the sales tax increase, that's going to hit small business too. It's not going to just Hell hit, yeah, it's it not going to just hit us, the individual. Right. And the small businesses here cannot take advantage of a lot of the, the tax incentives that our large corporations right. can take advantage right. of. So, you know, we hear this and, and we've heard this with every single bill. We've had representatives from business say, you know what? This is an antiquated tax. This is right. bad tax policy. But- I don't want to lose my credit. Right. So what we have as a legislature, we have this challenge because some of us are merely there trying to field a hole. Okay. Right. And then some of us are there and we know that we need to make drastic changes to our tax code. So it doesn't keep policy. happening. So it doesn't keep happening again. What's happening is those folks that just want to fill the hole mm-hmm. are louder, and I think that they're growing in number versus those of us who want to prevent this from happening again. There are some things that are being proposed by some of my colleagues on the other side that I believe are brilliant ideas. Mm-hmm. They're going to cause some some issues for businesses as they adjust. We can't just say, okay, we want to flatter 
tax rate while we still hand out these incentives. I agree. So you're saying some kind of fiscal accountability, you know, being more strategic and streamlined with the way the state does business. It it could hurt a little bit now, but the long-term benefit is better because this, this one cent tax, as I understand it, that's being proposed, that's running into all these issues Mm -hmm. is going to sunset in five years, five years right now. I, I believe that at the end of the day, it will be a, a three-year tax. So you think it'll be it'll I be think three it'll, years? I think it'll go back to three because my, my members in the House, we, we were at 18 months, yeah. and the Senate went to five years. Yeah. Um, and politically, for you know my colleagues who are—we have some folks. We had about 25 members that have not voted yes on a single instrument. And, and I get it. They they don't want to be seen as I voted for a tax increase. I voted yeah. for a reduction of a credit. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. The the problem is some of these things will take 70 votes uh, with this increase in tax credit. For those folks, I'm confident enough to say I voted for it coming off the floor. I'm confident enough if I if I need to go back to my district in, in four years or later this year yeah. and say I voted for this. Um, I I felt like I needed to. I'm comfortable enough in feeling that I will, while it's going to hurt some folks, I can make a good enough argument for why we did this Yeah. in addition to some of these other things. If we only do a three-year window and we still find, because all of our economists tell us that this is going to be at least a three-year problem, right. right? We're going to be back here again in the next fiscal session. Mm-hmm. That's an election year. Yeah. So those folks are going to have to come back and make the same tough decision in an election mm-hmm. year that they don't want to make. Um, and a five-year window gets us to the next legislature's term and the, ne- and the first fiscal session of the next term. So let me throw this other side of the argument at you, because John Kennedy has talked a lot about how we can address the deficit through cuts and changes in spending practices. He's talked about all of the contracts He's talked about eliminating certain things that the state does that would save the states, uh, the state millions upon millions of dollars. And, you know, uh, three Thursdays ago, two Thursdays ago, the governor gave a a statement. John Kennedy came right behind him and said, we don't have to necessarily uh, raise taxes. We can fix some of what's broken Mm -hmm. by just cutting some of the spending. What was your reaction to what he was saying? My reaction, number one. When we talk about spending, we mm-hmm. have to look at all of our spending yeah. and some of the tax expenditures that benefit business. That has to be a part of the equation. Okay. His conversation about contracts again. Well, I you said that you, you that you would reduce, you would cut a lot of those. A contracts. lot of them. What about attrition, Ted? Here, here's a, let me throw this question at you because you see this every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're in the legislature. Uh, I am not one who participates in bashing state employees because if someone needs a job and someone posts a job opening, if you need work, you're going to go. I mean, I don't blame people for wanting to earn a living. Mm -hmm. However, in a lot of these departments, people retire out of positions or leave because of, um, you know, maybe they were fired and we could eliminate positions without having to terminate people who have them. Mm -hmm. And through attrition, probably save a decent amount of money. Why isn't that a practice that is encouraged in state government? I'll tell you, it is a practice. We have eliminated TOs every single year I've been in the legislature. Every single year I have voted for measures in appropriations to cut 
TOs, those okay. vacants. Sure. If you're a state agency and you've had 20 vacant positions mm-hmm. for a year, you don't need them. And you could probably venture to lose five more. And you could, and, and you know, listen, and, and afford to give a, a nominal raise to the people you keep. But this has been a game for a little That's right. while That's right. of people wanting to maintain their budget amount. Mm-hmm. So they keep a line item for a position that may not be filled. And that money could be better served addressing another area of need right. in state government right. without us, you know, you and because, you you know, you're a business owner, you're a taxpayer mm-hmm. here having to carry the burden of incompetent spending practices. That's right. That's right. But we don't hear a lot about that. Well, Why and, don't we? And I'll tell you, we don't hear you don't hear a lot about it because we've been doing it. OK. Right? Um, and the, the treasurer is is very eloquent. What he is not saying and what has not been a part of the conversation are the facts that we have done this. Are there agencies that, just like I'm telling you that some of these corporations have these smart attorneys that help them get around it, of course there are secretaries that get around Mm -hmm. certain certain things. We have cut and eliminated TOs every year I've been there. The sad thing is they don't get us to $960 million cutting those things. And even with the contracts, one thing, again, I supported the 10% reduction in contracts, the two previous sessions. Mm-hmm. Governor Jindal vetoed those. This year, I supported the the reduction in contracts that was proposed. What the Treasurer is not telling you, a lot of these contracts are, they're run by state governments, but they're federal dollars attached to them. So when you look at this big piece, some of those contracts we, we can't go and touch, right? Then there's the legal implications with some of these contracts. I think that every department should go and with a list and we don't need to do that. We don't need to do that. We don't need to do that. The problem is with some of those contracts, there's a constituency attached that's coming back to the legislature. Well, I don't want to lose my well, contract. But, I don't well, want to lose there, my but contract. So, and so that's a good point because we do have to talk about that. Mm-hmm. The people who are getting these contracts. I do agree that one thing he said is in his response to the governor was about some of the money we are spending for people doing work for the state or state agencies. some Look, I, I run an advertising company and some of the numbers he threw out there, I'm thinking, that's outrageous. Mm-hmm. Somebody's getting, you know, mm-hmm. and what about those hookup deals as, uh, you know, as they go where someone is trying to take care of one of their buddies and make no mistake about it, this happens on both sides of the aisle. What about that and a way to say that, I agree, that ain't going to get you to $900 million. Mm-hmm. But it does set a precedent that oh, yeah. Louisiana is no longer the trough for people who are trying to come in and get these quick gigs. That's right. And we, we've talked to the Office of Contractual Review. Mm-hmm. The problem is the statute says that they only have to review. They don't review the they review the legality of the contract. Mm-hmm. Uh, all the T's crossed, um, but they don't go and look at the substance of the contract and make the decision that this is something that the state government should be doing. Mm-hmm. All of the state government entities and departments should be tasked with that. Mm-hmm. The governor's office, the commissioner of administration should have someone going through those. All of those contracts. Okay. Okay. That, that needs to So you're saying happen. that that doesn't happen. I don't think, I know it hadn't been happening in the last eight years. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, the contracts is, I mean, you know, when, when I hear the, the treasurer and he's been saying a lot of these things for the past three or four years since I've been in yeah, the legislature, yeah. right? 
now, you know, and I know that he has plans for the fall, so I know that, you know, some of it has intensified in yeah. the last couple months. But to your but point, he right. has been saying been these saying things. It. He has been yeah. saying it. Yeah. And he wasn't as forceful before. Yeah. Uh, but I agree with him that we need to go through and if it's 16,000, if it's 20,000, mm-hmm. we got some folks that are there that need to be revu- reviewing them for not just yeah. is the contract a fair and legal contract? Is this a necessary function of government that needs to happen? Folks that are donating to certain campaigns, they should not be able to benefit from contracts. I, I, period. I would agree with that. You know, period. I have lots of friends in elected office at every level. And I pretty much I pride myself on not being the first in line to ask for favors when it mm-hmm. comes to that, because I can't I don't need the headache that goes That's along right. with it. That's right. Let me ask you, though, Ted, about NGOs. We talked about this the last time you were here, non-governmental organizations. Mm-hmm. And they're, you know, there are 501c3s that are tied to lawmakers that do work in communities. And the argument has been for the longest time that these organizations do provide a great service, a lot of them, mm-hmm. but it should be up to the communities to support them. Most definitely. Now, in addition to the ones that may do the work, there are some that don't have a track record whatsoever, right. but they're getting, you know, two, three, four, five, ten thousand dollars $10,000. And some people may say, well, that's not a lot of money. Yeah, but when it's happening it in every parish in the state, it adds up. Mm-hmm. What, what, what? Is it just because of the constituency being served that we don't address this, or is there something else? I'll tell you that it's it's a little bit of both. Okay. And in certain communities, um, in, in Baton Rouge, it's easy to pick and say, you know what, those dollars shouldn't shouldn't be going. There. Sure. In Winsboro, they, you know, that organization may be the only organization doing it in in that area. Um, and I think that one of the one of the things that the previous administration did well was they created this whole review for NGOs to go through. And I think that everyone how has effective tried to has cut. it been though? I think it, it's not cured the problem. No, um, I think that but how some do we of those cure guys, the problem? I think that we have to strengthen the every department has to go and look right. It has to be incumbent on not just the departments, but even the statewide elected officials. And they have to watch where those dollars are going. And those those NGOs are supposed to have a statewide benefit, a statewide purpose. But we know that's we not know, true. We know yeah. that some are slipping. Absolutely. And there's the no crack. accountability. And a lot of it, you know, we have House Bill 1 that allocates money to certain mm-hmm. departments. We don't go in there and look at House Bill 1 and see allocations to these boys mm-hmm. and girls mm-hmm. home or, you know, some hot or air parks club or, or lakes we don't, or we don't golf courses things. or all those things at the state. You know, why should my tax dollars be going to, uh, you know, putting up a, a a clubhouse or or a shed over at at a golf park in North Louisiana. Absolutely I'm in right. Baton Rouge. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, or if somebody gets an, gets money from the state to have a nonprofit that's supposed to tutor kids who are prepping for ACTs. Okay, I could see the benefit of that. Am I sure that I want? The state being in that business, I'm not sure about that, mm-hmm. but at least I can make an argument that you get kids into school, get them into some 
functional job as an adult that they're less likely uh, to be on the government dole. Yeah. You know, I could see arguments on both sides. Well, Everything could, in politics is not doing, black and white. You're right. And, and we could be doing some of those same things by providing those dollars to the local districts where we have the accountability, yeah. right? Or better yet, the communities district. should exactly. step up. You know, right. I'm sure you do this. You know, you give money to lots of causes. Mm-hmm. I know I do to to help. I volunteer in a lot of places. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not a hero or anything, mm-hmm. but I try to give back as much as I can. I just think that having the discussion about state dollars being spent with organizations that are not accountable mm-hmm. to the state is a fair conversation to have. Oh, most definitely. And then I think re- expecting action is not being unfair. Oh, yeah. To say, if you can't be accountable with these dollars, we're not going to negotiate. They're gone. We're taking mm-hmm. them. We're keeping them. Mm-hmm. We don't have the luxury as a state right now to be passing out cash. You're right. You're right. On either level of the economic line. You know, right? I'll tell you, there's a there has been a, a very concerted effort um, to do just that. And it's funny the the treasurer picks the most outlandish of things to talk about. Uh, I mean, I know that there's a federal contract that in, encourages the Hispanic community why they should wear their seatbelt, right? And I've heard them talk about that. Yes, there's money, you know, but it's federal. There's a federal dollar. Right, right. These are not state dollars, right. but it's a contract that flows through some some state entity. And when he talks about those things, it infuriates people. But when you really go and look at it, it these are federal dollars coming down. Um, but there, there was an instrument just this this past week where there's a, a local renewal of a, a tax for rental cars, mm-hmm. and there was a, a member who wanted to send it to a nonprofit, and because he did that, we had to strip that entire bill because some of us wanted to allocate those dollars to Capital Area Human Service District, to the Council on Aging, Mm -hmm. that we know provide a regional benefit and we know have been taking hits. But because one person wanted to send it to a nonprofit, the whole bill was stripped. What was the nonprofit? I I don't even remember the name of the nonprofit. What did they do? It's a nonprofit in their area. It's in North Louisiana. So, uh, and, and. and the good thing is we didn't even have to get into a discussion of what, why, and how. We had the wherewithal to go in and remove it, right? Okay. Um, so I say that to say those discussions, those things are happening. Yeah. Um, have we cured the problem yet? No. Um, do I think that there are, especially now, mm-hmm. especially sometimes crisis brings about folks doing the right thing. Oh, yeah. So had we not... Had our higher education community not come to us and and, and warn us about potential closure, we wouldn't be going through this exercise. Um, if we had the money to fund tops, so we we would continue to do the same. Boy, that was that a big one when doing. he said get what, stopping. You talk about pissing off people all over the state when the governor said we're suspending it immediately oh, because yeah. it touches it touches people on both sides of the political line, all races, you know, whatever economic spectrum, and having a discussion about. There are people who say, if you can afford to write a check for your kid's college, you shouldn't need tops. What's your response to that's, that? That's absolutely false. Kids should not be penalized because they're their earning. Exactly. The kids tops, earn tops. And that's right. I, I benefited sure, from tops. Sure. You know, and I see the reports about tops that are that are benefiting more higher end families and, and the numbers of, of minorities. Getting cop, getting tops as opposed to um, our white students. So what? Right. Right. Tops is a 
reward mm-hmm. for doing what you are supposed to do. And it teaches kids exactly. something. Exactly. Hard work pays off. There you go. And, you know, we need, so when I saw that, as someone who, public school, mm-hmm. right here in Baton Rouge. Sure. I reached out to the guidance counselor in my schools. Why are our students not qualifying for TOPS? Why are they not taking the necessary courses? What can we do to increase those numbers? I'm not saying let's go get rid of TOPS. Right. Now, there are a large percentage of freshmen that receive TOPS that don't receive them their second year. So we do have to remind our students that it's easy to get TOPS if you do what you're supposed to do. But it's hard to keep it right. if you if don't, you don't go do to it, class, you if go. you don't continue those there same you studies. Go. So we do need to encourage our students I that agree. You know, getting tops is the one thing. Maintaining tops Absolutely. is the most important piece. It's a real life lesson. Exactly. <laughs> and, you know, there are conversations now. We should increase the GPA. We should increase the But what the about ACT. the 28? I mean, you, know, you, you, you got to give kids a chance exactly. to to. Uh, in a, in a perfect world, you would want every kid coming out of a high school to ping a 28 and That's above. Right. That's right. But to go from where we are to that tomorrow, come on, man. You know, and, and it's funny. We were having this debate, and I walked over to the pages. You know, we have a lot of high school yeah. and college students. Yeah. And I asked them, I said, you know, you guys are listening to the debate. Many of you have tops. Do you think that we should increase the GPA or the ACT score? And they said, if anything, increase the GPA. Absolutely. Because the GPA is a better representation right. of that entire right. student. Because it's 2.5 now. Exactly. Yeah. It could be a little higher. It could be I'm, a little higher. I'm, 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 it could be at least a 3.0. At least a 3.0. Yeah. Yeah. And, and not because of the financial state that we're sure. in, because a, a two, we should not be rewarding, we should not be putting a reward for low expectations. Right. And a 2.5, our students can and should do better than mm-hmm. a 2.5. But let me ask you, let's, so I agree with, with what you're saying. So let's dial it backwards to before you get to the high school level. There's a discussion now about pre-K and the state and funding for pre-K programs. And there's a debate about whether or not the pre-K programs are worth it. I think a child, it's never too early to start conditioning a child to fall in love with education That's right. and learning because when they're, when, when they're babies, when they're younger, all they want to do is learn. Mm-hmm. And if, if you're not careful, they'll learn, they'll learn the wrong, the wrong stuff. Yeah. <laughs> but, but what's your position on the pre-K programs and the funding for them? Cause there's a discussion over about $14 million now for pre-K programs that was taken away. What's your position? We, on that? we need to start pre-K. Okay. We need, universal we needed funded though though that issue is one that that we all agree because mm-hmm. if you don't have to worry about that student that's just reaching that 2.4 if we started when they were three and four because we have created a culture mm-hmm. of success within sure. them um why is there such a debate over it though you know such because, a fight. It's, because it's the dollars right and unfortunately but the kids are worth it that's right Unfortunately, education has become more of a business and less of a service in our state. I would agree. Right? Um, with you can look at the, the voucher program, and while some of these students are in, are in better schools, when you look at the numbers that were changed by the same people that advocate sure. for school sure. choice, our students aren't faring better okay. with the voucher. Well, well let's. Move, I, I do want to get to that, but sticking with this with with pre K now. You're right. So. Your your position is it is a good thing. It does help children, specifically 
call it what it is, inner city kids Mm -hmm. who have so many influences around them and so many pressures because of environments that they're in, Mm -hmm. this is a way out for a lot of these kids Mm -hmm. through school, through public education. Is that fair? You are exactly right. So then with the pre-K program and, and there, I don't know why there's an argument. Why is there an argument? And you said, well, you did answer. You said because of the money. Mm-hmm. But is that is that a good enough reason to eliminate the programs? No, it's not. It's not a good enough because it should be, you know, we have a a spending problem, but we also have a priorities problem. And pre-K education should be a priority. Mm-hmm. But the fight comes in. How are we doing it? Who's going to do this? And I believe that the same folks that that we trust to come up with all of the the wonderful programs that we have in K through 12, Mm -hmm. they should and we should be listening to all of the experts that continue to tell us Louisiana has been studied to death. We don't (laughs) need to continue to study anything. We know all we need is is the will to do it. And some folks say, well, you know, you don't just throw money at a problem. And I agree with that. But I also have to say that you can't do some of the things that we're saying needs to be done without adequate resources. And I don't see that as throwing money as a problem. I see that as giving our students a chance. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, But but it's a it's a priorities thing. And I I know that the education debate in Louisiana was so, you know, contentious for the last, you know, four years. And I think (laughs) that now we are going to start to see, okay, we've done these things. How can we make those things better. I I agree. You talked about uh, the voucher programs and for those who don't understand, because I mean, you know, it's interesting. I run into people often who don't know what that's about. Mm -hmm. Each child in Louisiana carries an amount of money that the state spends on their education. And that goes to public schools, obviously. Each child has a number on them. So when a child gets a voucher, the amount of money that would have followed that kid, say, into Broadmoor or McKinley, you know, or Scotlandville or wherever in public school, it goes to a private school, Mm -hmm. right? And they get that money. And the debate is over whether it is effective to be taking that money from public schools and spending it with private institutions. On one side, you've got people who make that argument. On the other side, you've got people who say the dollar should follow the kid if we're interested in the kid getting the best possible education. Mm -hmm. What's your position? I think that we need to first focus on all of education and make sure that in all of our schools, we have motivated teachers, Mm -hmm. we have parent participation. But the problem is we have gotten to this fight over whether it's a charter or public And if we were to honestly evaluate some of our public charters like we evaluate our traditional public, the same folks that have advocated for this choice would be fighting and screaming about some of these charters continuing to get those dollars to educate our children. Parents should be the ultimate decider, Mm -hmm. but parents should have the benefit of having adequate information. I agree. I agree with you. So. Charter schools are non-traditional public schools. That's right. Instead of an institution run by uh, a state entity, which would be, let's say here, the, the East Baton Rouge Parish School Board and this, the, the Parish Department of Education with its superintendent oversees schools in our parish. A charter school is a private entity that the state gives license to have a school. 
and the money that the kids would get going into the traditional public school follows them to the charter. I think what you said is fair. I don't think people ought to be able to get charters and not be able to and not have to meet a level of accountability for the dollars that they Mm -hmm. get or a level of accountability for the way that the children are being taught. That's right. I mean, getting into how they go about their curriculum, I, I think they should have latitude to do Most something definitely. non-traditional. But they should be accountable right. to the fact that the kids are learning. You're right. They should the kids the kids should be getting an education. You're right. Otherwise you're wasting the money. You're wasting money. And when what what charters advocate on is we are different. We have these non-traditional methods. I go in some, and as soon as I walk in the door, I can feel the culture. Yeah. I can feel yeah. the difference. That's absolutely. I see the originality. Yes. Yeah. I can't say that for for all of that's a our, fair statement. Schools. That's a fair statement. When and you know, I go to Lanier's yeah. Celerity. I go to Lanier in my district. Yeah. I, I feel it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I go in some. Not 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 so much. It's a money grab. Um, exactly. Let's and call it what it is. It's a money have, grab. We have folks that have the passion to yeah. do yeah. educate our kids, but lack the experience yeah. to really move the needle, or even the interest. There you even go. the interest. We it's a money that. grab. You got to call it what it is. Yeah. So now, but on the public school side, mm-hmm. okay, there is an issue with the way dollars are spent. It's nearly $12,000 per child in East Baton Rouge Parish. Mm-hmm. And if you ask the average parent who's got a kid in public school, do you think they're getting a $12,000 a year education? They'd say, not no, but they'd say, hell no, they're not. Yeah, it's, it's depending on where the kids school, are. Yeah. So yeah. then it is also fair to say in traditional schools, the accountability line is not being touched by Most the people definitely. in the building. Most definitely. But I'll say that we can... Those that information is readily available. Okay, um, more so than some of these other schools. Now, with the principals in our traditional schools, mm-hmm. should have the latitude to incorporate different types of learning sure. in their schools sure. without oversight and without getting a call from a school board member. Yeah, I Let's agree. Just put it out there. I like agree. Um, and you know what. The the investment from outside, Mm -hmm. we have a school that's a public charter and we have business interests that will kick and scream to give that school additional resources that they won't try to help out a traditional Mm -hmm. public school. Mm -hmm. We need to make sure that we provide all that support now to all of our schools. I go to the schools in my district as much as I support sure. the district as a whole. I go to, to Greenbrier and there are some necessary things that need to be happening at why, Greenbrier. But why aren't those things happening when the, when the say the EBR school system and, and Warren Drake so far has done a great job, mm-hmm. but the EBR school system has about a half a billion dollar a year mm-hmm. operating budget. Mm-hmm. Why are kids in classrooms that are poorly heated or poorly cooled, old buildings, um, why isn't that money getting to the classroom? We need, well, of course, the facilities and the tax plan is, is one thing. Yeah. Um, some of those those dollars, we need to invest in facilities because if a, a kid is too hot or too cold, they're not learning. I agree right? with you. Or um, they're in an old moldy building. You're right. You're right. And, you know, we had this discussion yesterday about, you know, we know that voters approve a tax plan and it's, 
you know, sometimes it's harder for our institutions or our board to kind of veer off of those. But you know when you got a problem at a school. Yeah. And and we need to give those kids the benefit of addressing those concerns. Has it happened fast enough? No. Why hasn't uh, it happened? When, and I, th- I think the same thing, not, not priorities, but the will to do it. We are so focused on we want to, we hear a concern about, you know, the southeast portion. We, yeah. we, we, we are concerned about our school. So, okay, so to appease and quiet some of these folks, we're going to put all of this. But why isn't there. the same fire coming out of the northern part of the pa- I'll give you an example. The debate that's being pushed about health care in North Louisiana, mm-hmm. like lately that's been a hot topic right now. Mm-hmm. But why hasn't the same fire come out about the schools? You know, and I think that we have a lot of parents that when some of these schools were taken over, they they left. They wanted, they thought that I'm going to go to this charter school. And some of them are extremely happy. Yeah, there. a you lot know, of the, them are. The, the fire has been there, especially on the high school level. When you look at North Baton Rouge, there are Brookstown Middle in mm-hmm. my district, brand new building. Yep. There are, I think it's Dalton Elementary, brand new building. Mm-hmm. On Winborn, brand new building. So the dollars have been going for the facilities. So when I hear on the high school level, no, okay. we have not had an adequate investment. And the the folks, the same debate that's been going on now, we have a couple folks that have made it contentious so now is is getting the coverage <laughs> right. that 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 it's getting now um but those parents have you know to their benefit have been you know this the same debate about why we don't you know get more investment into some of the schools in, in North Baton Rouge that we see all over the place but um, I think that has you know been, and the it, fire need they listen. need to show up not just in these community meetings they need to you know you have a meeting and then what's your plan for the yeah. next day, yeah. right? You need to show up in the school board yeah, meeting man. when they're talking about That's why I things. hate most town hall meetings. Well, you know, and it's there, there's a somebody sent me a message on Facebook the other day when I posted about one last night, and they were like, hey, the, the, the things really get done. I said, well, on, on one side, you know, folks get information because we bring in folks sure. from different departments. So they yeah. get information that they can't get um, from reading the newspaper. They get yeah. both sides of the story. Yeah. Um, however... When you have one of these things and then you aren't following up with an action item, are you not going to the legislature or to the school board? You're not contacting your representatives. Yeah. Then it's all for nothing because you haven't really no follow engaged through. in And the that's process. the thing with what happened in southeast Baton Rouge mm-hmm. is when the parents in, in the southeastern port of the parish uh, married themselves to this effort, they grabbed on and didn't let go. Mm-hmm. And the same momentum is possible in the northern part of the parish, but it takes the parents not just I know they care. Mm-hmm. There's no question about there being parents up there that care. But I'm saying being investment in something that becomes so large, it can be a movement. Mm-hmm. I'll move to this last couple of things. We talked we touched on it a little bit. The hospital situation in mm-hmm. North North Louisiana, North Baton Rouge. Baton Rouge. Earl K. Long closed uh, a few years ago now. I think to set the record straight about that, it wasn't just about Earl K. Long uh, being not being worthy of being there. Mm-hmm. That building, because it had been in disrepair for so long, mm-hmm. was no longer safe. Mm-hmm. And that was a big part of why mm-hmm. that building had to go. Mm-hmm. Since then, a clinic has been built there. 
but also the emergency room has been moved out of Baton Rouge General on Florida. Mm-hmm. So there is no ER from Scotlandville. Uh, you either have to go north to Lane, Lane. and Zachary or come east to the lake mm-hmm. or uh, uh, the Baton Rouge General at Blue Bonnet. Mm-hmm. That's a big, big issue. Big problem. So let's talk about this without a lot of the emotion that's swirling around because you're gotcha. level-headed about it. Define the issue. And then what are some reasonable solutions to address what I consider to be a legitimate concern in the area? I think that the the issue is a lack of access to a hospital and a lack of access to coverage for, for some folks. Okay. The, the clinic that is there, phenomenal work being done there. Yeah. Right. Um, it's open. We, the same people that, you know, folks say, okay, you guys weren't doing anything. We went to folks and say, you know, we need to expand hours there. Mm -hmm. You need to put more physicians there and not physician assistants Mm -hmm. done. Um, right now, what, what folks need to understand is the lack of a full emergency room and a hospital on that side of the parish. It doesn't just affect the North. It affects wait times, Sure. At OLOL. Yeah. It affects quality of care there mm-hmm. because if you what they're telling us is and I think that when the governor made the decision to enter into these public private partnerships, mm-hmm. no matter his intentions, it created a huge problem for Baton Rouge General because we know that, you know, people talk about the op, the appropriate use for an ER, you know, in certain areas of the community, if your child has a has a cold. You shouldn't take them to Absolutely. the ER. Absolutely, but that happens, and, and a happens a lot. A lot, and it happens across all of Baton Rouge. Yes, right. Um, so educating folks on primary care. Of course, we need to do that all across the city. Yeah. What happens is folks show up at a hospital, whether they're insured or not, and they know that the law says they have to have to get, be treated. Have to That's be treated. Right. Baton Rouge General didn't get the benefit of of being involved in this. They're not the beneficiary of this agreement, so they aren't reimbursed for caring for those folks. And they were losing a couple million a month. Losing millions per month. Yeah. Um, Our Lady of the Lake, they're getting the benefit of it, but they're also getting their doors that are flooded. They tell us that even if you you get in an ambulance and you get to Our Lady of the Lake in peak time, you could sit there in the ambulance for 20, 30 minutes before you even see, before you admit it. So that access to care is is a huge issue for everybody because it doesn't just hurt the uninsured. You're sitting there with your insurance card and – you you're you're delayed. Yeah, you're you're getting rushed care. Yeah. Now, let me not say that, um, because I know that the physicians and the staff there are doing phenomenal. Yeah, absolutely. So I, so I don't want to say it's rushed, rushed care. You yeah. know, but but they're on a pitch count because exactly, they've got so many exactly. people to serve. You're right. I got what, right. I got what you meant. Um, so but I definitely want to clear that. Yeah, up. yeah. So what we need, uh, some folks, oh, we don't want a standalone hospital. I mean, we don't want a standalone ER. We want a full hospital. I'm happy if we get a, a standalone ER to not help gonna, address the problem. There's not going to be what a hospital built there. What we cannot do as elected officials, we cannot force a hospital yeah. to build a brand new facility. Yeah. And especially when you're looking yeah. at the, the state of healthcare in Louisiana. Sure. If 
am in the hospital business. I'm, there's no way I'm going to Louisiana no, right now. But there's no money to it, put a hospital there. You there. Go. There's not going to be there a hospital built there. Now, we can do different incentives sure. to try to incentivize folks. Like, you know, we'll do, you know, some type of credit yeah. for, you know, your sales taxes yeah. for, for yeah. building materials. Yeah. If you are in a, a disadvantaged area, yeah. you know, we might be able to incentivize you there. And we can... You know, there needs to be an effort to at least have that conversation. Yes. And we the whole debate about the hospital, the the district and all that you while I have concerns, you haven't seen me there kicking up smoke because I'm I'm having conversations with folks behind the scene Absolutely. and I don't need to be on the front page of the paper Absolutely. for doing what I think is Absolutely. needs to be You're not be trying done. to grab credit or headlines. Exactly. But but but, but let's stick to the point the, or to the to the point you made. I want to go back to something you said before we go on too far about a standalone ER mm-hmm. versus a hospital. Putting a standalone VR, uh, ER there for cases of trauma. I mean we had a couple of officers shot uh, in North and North Baton Rouge. My friend brother a couple of uh, mm-hmm. weekends ago. That's right. And they had to get all the way to the lake and thankful. No, did, did they go to? Yeah, they went to they the went lake. To lake. They went to the lake. Um, a standalone ER is a less expensive option. Most definitely. Because I just don't think, with everything going on in the state right now, budget wise, state's not going to pay for a standalone hospital. And you just said it. If you're in the hospital building, it's a loser, a business. Right. It's a Disney. loser. Yeah. So then we're having a hard time getting students to yeah, continue to come yeah, here, let yeah. alone a, an, an organization, a company that's going to put that type of investment with the uncertainty around healthcare in Louisiana. So if you had to suggest a way of going about discussing this and then turning this discussion into a reality, mm-hmm. because that's how things should work. Mm-hmm. What would you say? What would you prescribe? We have, we have a surgical center right now in Howell Place, okay. right? Yep. Um, those physicians, it never really reached its potential because referrals weren't there. They, you know, they have a surgical center. Folks just don't walk in and say, I want to have surgery. Right. right? They're referred there from somebody. Mm-hmm. So with that being the only place there, um, so number one, there needs to be some type of the standalone model for right now is better than what exists right mm-hmm. now. In There's a perf- nothing in, right in, in, now. Exactly. In right. a perfect world, would I like to see another hospital there? Mm-hmm. Of course. Mm-hmm. I think you, you won't find a single person that will say that. However, the reality That's is right. a standalone ER could benefit not only the people in North Baton Rouge, yeah. but it will take some strain right. off of Our Lady the Lake and Lane Memorial Hospital. And there's already a clinic there already to clinic. address non-emergency also, room issues. And there's also a clinic on on uh, the corner of North Foster and um, and Gush Young Greenwood. That's Springs. right. That's right. And they we we heard an announcement from Our Lady Lake that they're building another clinic right. on on Florida right next right. to. Um, where we have our East Baton Rouge Paris Council on Aging sure, Facility. Sure. Um, so, but when we get to Scenic and Plank, we need something there for the parts of Zachary, Baker, yeah, yeah. Scotlandville yeah. area, North Baton Rouge, um, Design City area. We need something else there to take the pressure off of folks on the south end of the parish. On a scale of one to 10, all right? Let's put him on the spot here. I already know uh, where you're going. <laughs> 10 being a standalone ER. One, no, I'm going there too, but <laughs> I'm not yet. On a scale of 1 to 10, standalone ER happening, being a 10, 
and obviously one being not happening, where would you put it? Because uh, the hospital ain't going to happen. I Just marry a, yourself I, honestly, to that reality, folks. Honestly, I think it's about a six and a half. I, okay. Right? okay. Uh, because the, the the conversations are happening. Yeah. And they before all of the, the negative media attention, before mm-hmm. the issue that happened at the Metro Council, sure. these conversations were being had, right? Um, and now... I've had conversations where folk, folks recognize, oh, sure. you know, people aren't blind right. to what's happening in North Baton Rouge. Are things happening fast enough? Maybe not. Mm-hmm. I, I recognize the concerns sure. of the folks in the area. Sure. I mean, I live in on on north of uh, north of Florida, sure. so so I get it. If yeah. if something happens to me or my wife, we have to go all the way to Our Lady sure. of the Lake or Lane. So I, I get it, um, but. The some of the conversations, and I get you got to have people on both sides that, yeah. that get folks. Listen, excited. man, I don't begrudge people day, having gotta, their opinions. Something has yeah. to be done. People have rights to have That's opinions right. and voice them in public hearings. That's right. Like that doesn't bother me. It's That's it's right. less, it's it's one of the benefits of being an American. You you have an opinion, and at, at these platforms, you have a right to go and say what you're going to say. Mm-hmm. So you know, you know, I don't begrudge people and, for and, that. And even and even some of you know those folks because I'm, I'm having conversations with both sides. There are. Good ideas on both on both sides, yeah. right? Um, what what needs to happen now is that there needs to be a, a merging of the ideas yeah. to the reality, yeah. I, right? And that's the thing. That's where I think the electeds, and like you just said, I think that's where we should be able to depend on our electeds mm-hmm. to do that part of it mm-hmm. instead of being in the middle. Of That's the right. dumpster fire, mm-hmm. I think the the mm-hmm. elected officials ought to be the grown ups at the table to say, right. "Okay, I hear you. Uh, y- your frustration is is not falling on deaf ears." Mm-hmm. And then you get, like you said, behind the scenes, get to work and do the job. That's okay, right. final thing: you running for mayor? I hadn't decided yet. <laughs> April <laughs> April first, April first. There will be a yay or a nay before April first. I, I tell you that. I'll tell either you that. way. Mm-hmm. You got to come back here and we got to talk long form. About oh, it. most definitely. You know? we, we have to talk about, you know, and, and I think that what I'm hearing more and more, uh, the, the people want and a slate of candidates to choose from. We the people want an election. Right. Yeah. They, they want to be able to look at different candidates and, and different ideas yeah. i'm hearing why that april more 1st and more april for right now i cannot focus on anything oh, other sure. than the budget because the, you're Real, in, you're realistically a, by, yeah. by april 1st um you know there there are discussions there are um in my timeline mm-hmm. and and how i think the the race um could be won yeah. um the wheels have to be turning by april 1st because they mm-hmm. i know that there there are folks on the sideline now waiting uh, people are are picking sides now, um, and by April first, I believe that it still puts us in in a good position to run a very good campaign. See, you know, I'm trying to resist the urge to press you more on that one, but I April first, I'll say, but but I will ask this: Are there? I know you have a pro and con list because I know you're level-headed about decisions. I know you're seeing both sides of doing it, not doing it. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you got a new bride now. Or not new anymore. You, yeah, you, over a year. Over a year mm-hmm. now. And so your decisions in this regard have an impact on your household. Most definitely. But in considering this, are you inclined? It, what, what, okay, let me ask it this way, and this will be the last question I ask okay. on it. 
When you consider the reality of being in the mayor's office, your emotion is exciting. I'm excited ah. about it um, because more more than than anything, I believe what I've heard from some of the folks that are in and some of the folks that are contemplating, we're hearing the same thing, right? You know, everyone knows that traffic is an issue. Everyone knows that we have to address this health care issue. And I believe everyone that's in the race or folks that I talk to that are thinking about it, we have the same common interest. How we get there may be different sure. ideas, but I think that we need someone who's going to stop letting folks divide us. We need to stop being divided by North or South. You can, do you think you can win divided. Southeast Baton Rouge? I think I could I could compete there um, because even in the debates that we've had in the legislature regarding the schools, it was never an issue of disrespect sure. for me. Um, I recognize their their concerns. And, and I remember sitting there with a group of parents that were vehemently opposed to what I was doing. And right. I said, you know what? I recognize that you are concerned about your children, the two you have. In my decision, I don't have any for myself. So I have to look at all sure. of the children. Sure. And I know that we can't throw a life raft to some to the expense of all. And they may not like my positions, but we were always cordial. The, the sure. leaders of that that movement, Lionel and yeah. I, we, we text and <laughs> yeah, talk right. all of the time. Yeah. Um, Rainey's a good have, guy, he's man. A he's a good guy. <laughs> he, you know, he went to Alabama, but he's still a good guy. <laughs> right. um, I hold he, that against him. He and him. I talk all of <laughs> right. the time. So I know that, and I know that I have supporters in that area yeah. who, who were on my side. And they are some of the main ones encouraging me to step out there. So, okay. So I know that every, April 1st, you just made some news there, but April 1st. You, you will know, uh, the community will know before April 1st. Okay. And we, we will come back and sit down and you'll get a chance to talk through a platform if you decide to Most do definitely. this. And Even uh, if I don't, there there are some issues that we're going to demand of okay. the candidates. Okay. Um, but but I think that with all of what's, we have to stop letting folks divide our parish. I and agree with that. By geography, by whether you wear blue or purple with your gold, mm-hmm. we have to stop letting people yeah. divide us. I agree with that. I I. I Truly agree, and it's sickening because it's everywhere now. Most definitely. Not only is it a national issue, it's 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 here, and it's a shame because Baton Rouge is really a great city. That's right, with great people of all races, That's and right. so you know, and I'm I'm so what you know, my wife is from Houston, and so I'm there a lot. Yeah, and I see, of course, Houston. There are more people in Houston than the entire state. No, no question, Houston's but a monster, the, though. The, they they the, got a good vibe happening right. there. The mentality, yeah, is is different. Yeah. And yeah. I am so, as a native of Baton Rouge, someone who the longest I've been away from Baton Rouge has probably been ten days. I am so tired of hearing Baton Rouge has so much potential. Yeah, like I, that, I agree that with bothers you. me. I agree to with you. Hear that we have so much potential. Yeah, because we we do have potential, yeah. and now it's time to push to yeah. realize that potential for all of Baton Rouge, Listen, not just pockets. Has potential can become had potential if you don't do anything with it. Amen. It'll move to the city had potential. That's right. So, listen, you got big work ahead of you in the legislature. Uh, you know, we're praying a lot of people are for a solution that will put this state in the light that most of us believe it should be in. That's right. 
and that hopefully we can get that done. So, I mean, I know you're leaving here to get back to it. I appreciate you coming in April 1st, brother. We'll be back. Ted James. Thank you, Clay. Promote your business or organization on Podcast225.com. Podcast225.com is quickly becoming a weekly tradition for Louisiana listeners. Every month, thousands hear the weekly Clay Young Show. Every week, Clay sits with some of the state's most fascinating and entertaining people. Posting your company's logo on the podcast225.com website or having a professionally produced commercial air on The Clay Young Show is a great way to access a loyal and informed audience. Get more information by calling 225-214-1550. That's 225-214-1550. Welcome back to The Clay Young Show. Like I said to you in the open, good discussion Really smart guy, and we'll have him back on April 1st or somewhere in that area to talk about whether or not he will be a candidate for mayor in Baton Rouge. That is interesting, so it's not off his radar. It's not that, you know, a few weeks ago I called him about it, and honestly, and I think he was being honest, it wasn't on his radar because of this big budget issue, and I think legitimately it can be considered a crisis because of the outcome of what Uh, this could mean or or what the outcome of this could mean for Louisiana citizens and so many institutions in our state. But I think they're starting to get a grasp on some of the tough decisions that have to be made. And because of that, maybe now he's maybe out of the corner of his eye looking at what the possibility of a mayoral candidacy would look like. So we'll get him back on to talk about that. The presidential election. Here's the reality that's shaping up Trump versus Clinton. I'm just going to sit that there for a second. Trump versus Clinton. Oh, man. (laughs) Those debates. Oh, man, they're going to be something else. Who could have thought that Donald Trump would walk on the stage and then be the nominee for the Republican Party? And the reality is there. What does the establishment Republican Party leaders, what do they do? He's clearly got a following. He, he doesn't need anybody else's money because he's self-funding. I mean, what you can't choke off his cash because he's got his own. The movement that is out there is so amazing. He gets on television for almost everything that he does. Even the Klan sticking up their heads Even the Klan, David Duke, can't derail this guy. Talk about Teflon Don. Man, we are in for it this fall. Must see TV. And the whole field of candidates running against him blew an opportunity. By the time Marco Rubio decided he wanted to go after Trump, it was already too late. The narrative had been written. People had chosen their sides and it's it's pretty much a done deal now the question is does the republican party put up a third party candidate and that reality could be there i don't know but if they do they're going to screw themselves out of the white house it'll be even easier for hillary clinton this is going to be fun to watch But mark my words, there 
is a surprise coming. I feel it in my bones. There is something big coming. As you listen to this, wherever you are, if it's already happened, you'll, you know about it. But I just have a feeling something is coming. I just, we'll see. We'll see. And I mean of the political surprise nature. It just, it's in the air. It's in the air. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button to catch the show every week. We appreciate the feedback we get. You can follow me on Twitter at ClayYoungBR or on Facebook backslash ClayYoung. It's been our pleasure to speak with you again. Catch you next week on another edition of the Clay Young Show on iTunes, the Talk 107.3 mobile app, and of course at podcast225.com. Later. Thanks for listening. Join us next week for another edition of the Clay Young Show.